0: Hello and welcome again. It is a Monday. Yes, again. But today we have very special guests for you with very inspiring message and a great story. And we're talking about cherishing vulnerabilities. How, why, our guest is going to tell you. Welcome, Ryan Harbaugh.
1: Hello, Ryan. Hello. How are you guys today?
2: What a borderline Perfect.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, you have a, such a great personality. We were just looking at your website and uh, the message you share. It's it's amazing. It's inspiring for many. And uh, so how did you decide to start? Start writing your book, start sharing the positivity.
2: Yes and I'm also curious as to tell me about the title of it I want okay, yeah. I'm just curious about the, book about the title I want to be a chick
1: <laughs> Um so to answer some of your questions I began writing my memoir about a dozen years ago and at the time I didn't really think about what I wanted to do with it um I just started writing my stories and these stories that I had noticed that I was constantly sharing at the time I was working as a teacher and a swim coach, and I was around a lot of kids and teenagers, especially. And, and so a lot of good life lesson types of stories, I continually shared. And so I started writing some of them down, um, without really an, a uh, Path to follow. Um, To be honest, my entire memoir I wrote out of order. It was not. I did not write it chronologically, and so then it was kind of a beast. Once I did decide that I wanted to publish it, to kind of go back through and and fill in all the holes. Um, The title of it is "When I Grew Up, I Want to Be a Chair," and it's sort of a play on words, but it's also there's a lot of truth to it. Um, I use a wheelchair, and I have for most of my life and all of my adult life. I've been in a chair for almost 25 years um, due to a car accident that I sustained um, and a spinal cord injury when I was 16 years old. Um, and that's sort of, I suppose, where my story began um, for better or for worse. Um, and so when I grow up, I want to be a chair. There was, There's actually a side story to that Um, when I was, you know, a toddler preschool age, three, four, five, um, you know, everyone asks you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And at one point, my honest reply was that I wanted to be a chair. And I often have asked my mom since then, why, why did you let me answer with that? Why couldn't I be a firefighter or a doctor? And, (laughs) um, and, and she doesn't know, and she was great in the sense that she let me, be that creative self that I was at that time and, and just let me want to be a chair. Um, If I, if I try to rationalize it, it was perhaps the fact that I had a one-year-old baby sister at the time. And I thought maybe, you know, I, I wanted to be a chair because then maybe someone would actually let me hold her. Perhaps that was it. But to be honest, I don't really know where that came from, but um, lo and behold, I fulfilled my prophecy and, and on some level I became a chair. Um, and I have been a paraplegic for the past 20 some years and sort of learning how to, uh, live my life in a different way than I may have set out for myself when, back when I was 16 years old, um, that's sort of been, the challenge and the process and the root of my memoir.
2: Have you, may I ask respectfully, have you thought about writing a children's book on this?
1: You know what, I have already started it. (laughs) I'm thinking myself, we've written written
2: a number of books and we've written four children's books. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I can see a lot of different directions you could take this yeah, yeah. you can
1: yeah well and i will tell you on a, like an, another side note i have two kids of my own they're eight and two and every year for their birthday i write them a children's book and yes so, so i've kind of been doing that just for myself for my family for many years now and and so it just seemed really fitting um to maybe perhaps that be my next project
2: do you do you do any speaking, Ryan?
1: You know, so I think just by nature of um my experiences and my life, uh, I started doing speaking engagements really quickly after my accident. I think that the the way that my accident and injuries sort of unfolded is I became a really quick life lesson for a lot of people. Uh I would say that my nature my very being my core is I am a very introverted person and yet I learned really early on that that may not be the path that I will be able to travel uh, in this life and so I've done a lot of speaking engagements over the course of of my life and um, I enjoy them for the fact that I do feel like I have a story to tell and that's a good way to get them out but my my poor little introverted self did not love standing in front of an audience.
2: <laughs> well, nowadays you don't have to do that anymore. And, and my apologies is just that uh, we have a, a business where we do diversity inclusion training for banking, banking oh, okay. sector. Okay. And we do very well at it. And, and I'm thinking to myself, if you hadn't told me about your being in a wheelchair, a chair, obviously I never would have known it. Right. And Right, because I already have my I already have my mental image of what you look like after seeing your picture, and I don't see a chair as far as I can tell. So I'm thinking to myself, inclusion. My goodness, think about diversity inclusion. We only think in terms of race, black and white. But look at what you're going through right now. This is just an eye opener because the challenges you're going through is something that most people ignore. Sure.
1: Yeah. And well, you know, and that is a huge piece of it is, you know, um, there's all these different identities that people lean towards uh, within their lives. And I think that's human nature to um, develop an identity for themselves and whether that is a race or a gender or what have you. Um, my identity, I didn't choose, (laughs) I, you know, I, I am paralyzed, I am disabled, whatever, whatever the word choice, um, and being in somebody that's in a wheelchair, it's a very visible disability. It's a very visible difference for the world. And so I can't, you know, other than right now where I'm just talking with you and you don't see me, (laughs) I can't hide it.
2: Yes,
0: so Ryan, the question you've probably been asked this before, uh, but just to give perspective to our listeners, how to and where to, from your experience, where one can find the strength to go and change the world with positive messages under any circumstance. I mean, people, without this ability to sometimes stop and sit on a sofa and slow down their life without doing anything significant, just slowing down. How do you find the strengths and what will you advise to our listeners how to find it inside to bring in the good in the world, no matter what?
1: Sure. Well, I think that, you know, I, I really think that my accident happened at a really good time in my life If you could say there was such a thing, I was 16 years old. I was still really a kid and very much thought like a kid. And so when my accident happened, I didn't stop my life. I didn't wallow in what had happened or what I had lost or what could have been. I just wanted to keep going. I just wanted to live my life. I wanted to hang out with my friends at the mall on a Saturday night. And that's where. I learned my, this new life, this new being that I had. I just learned that my life is going to be different. But if I do my best that I can every day, I am going to be all right. And um, I may have to make up for the things that I cannot do. And I think that in the end, that has pushed me beyond anything that I would have been otherwise. And so I think that on a very raw sense, I think that I have had a much better life than I would have ever had otherwise, because having something taken away, you realize how precious and how finite life really is. And to really take all the pieces of it, the bits of it for better, for worse, and really embrace it all. And in my memoir I do talk quite a bit about vulnerability and and being in a chair, having a disability, just growing up being a 20 something year old uh, creates a lot of vulnerability in your life. There's a lot of times when you question what you're doing or who you are, um, you get into challenging moments of struggle and that's when you really get to test your character and by being able to, Sort of hold on to those vulnerabilities and appreciate them for what they truly are, that's where you can learn to unleash a lot of your own true strengths. I think that a lot of us have really tremendous strengths within ourselves that we don't allow ourselves to unleash.
2: I agree with you, and I, you're absolutely fascinating because. (laughs) If you were to, forgive me for saying this, but if you were to remove the the idea that you have a spinal cord injury, away your life sounds precisely like everyone else. Right. The way you just described it, just like everyone else. And most people don't have that inner drive, that inner ability to summon, like, and they have it, but they don't, they don't, they're not able to readily call upon it. Like you did.
1: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, for so many years, especially through my later teens and 20s, I tried so hard just to do everything that everybody else was doing, be the most normal person, the most mundane person that I could possibly be just to try to keep up to get back to that baseline of what I felt like I had lost. And then I think that, you know, when I really started putting together my stories and my memoir and sharing some of my ideas and lessons with others, I think that that's when I sort of realized that, well, I am normal, but maybe I'm not as ordinary as I thought, and perhaps that I have learned or been touched with a different sort of life that has sort of opened doors for me that otherwise might have stayed closed.
2: Well, I don't think you're ordinary at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not at all. I, I'm thoroughly impressed. Well,
1: thank you.
0: Our dear listeners, I encourage you to go to Ryan's website. It's Ryan Ray Harbuck. You can find a link in the description to this episode. And order the book. Talk to Ryan. Send her message. Yes, Because please. you will be inspired and motivated to do more with your life, starting from this week. Yes, there are a lot of
2: people we speak to and and I speak to as well that have, they claim to be motivational speakers and so on, but Ryan is the real deal. I mean, <laughs> I mean everybody everybody has these obstacles right now. There are people right now have all the things that are outwardly going for going for them right now, and yet they're burdened by all this this disbel, belief system that they can't, they can't, they can't. I highly encourage you to get a copy for yourself and a copy. For someone in your family of this book and call us Ryan. She's good.
0: <laughs> Thank
2: you. You're more than welcome.
0: Thank you, Ryan, for joining us this week. And before we go, any motivational message or any exercise, something you want to share to our listeners so they can try to apply to their life to do more starting from this week?
1: I would say... When you have those moments of struggle and challenge or something that just makes you feel a little out of control is take a moment and breathe it all in and experience that moment for what it is. And it's what it is, is it's life and it's teaching you something and it is going to change you and it will be good.
2: Well, I'm very, very impressed and I'm Mm -hmm. glad we had a chance to speak.
1: Thank you so much. It was great to be on the show. Thank you, Ryan. This
0: is Motivational Monday by, by Jim, Jim and Lucy. Lucy.
2: Follow our podcast.
0: And check out our website, jimandlucywoods.com.